Hey everyone, this is Chris, and this is the second episode in our From the Vault series. Uh, this one, unlike our Ninja Turtles episode, wasn't recorded potentially over a year ago. Uh, this was actually recorded in the in the fall or early winter of last year. Um, just again, a couple things uh, popped up where there were more immediate pressing episodes. Um, and sometimes I like recording episodes where I don't have to have them out that week. Um, but it's been much longer than I intended. So since we've already dropped one from the vault, here's the next. Uh, in today's episode, we are ranking the X-Men movies and then ranking the spinoffs. Hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio, and today we are joined by, uh, nobody, it's just me. Um, we are forgoing the video component today, just cause, I'll be honest, I'm, uh, I'm sick, and I'm feeling pretty rough, but to keep my mind off of being sick, I decided, the heck with it, I'm going to, I'm going to record a podcast. Uh, today's episode might be a little bit shorter, uh, but we'll see how it goes. Um... I want to give a particular shout out to Becky from Redeemed Otaku, who has uh, messaged me a couple times just to let me know she's keeping me in her prayers. Thank you so much, Becky. I appreciate that a lot. And uh, I pray for you and your husband and your your ministry and your podcast. You guys are wonderful. I also want to shout out, as always, Cardboard Koinonia, Faith and Fandom, and uh, a bunch of others. You guys are great. Today's episode is also partially inspired by a couple episodes of Hot Takes with Billy Business. Um, Also want to shout out Billy Business himself. Uh, It's always really cool when people who have any level of notoriety or celebrity actually uh, take time to message people back. Uh, I have messaged Billy a couple times just to be like, hey man, really like your show, love what you guys do. Uh, And we've had some cool conversations. Um, even brief ones. So Billy on the off chance you're listening means the world, man. Thank you so much. Uh, it's, it's really cool when people who do have, like I've said, any level of celebrity take the time to actually respond to those comments. Uh, what's also really cool is a lot of the power Rangers actors are really active within the fandom. So, uh, oh man, like shout out to Johnny Young Bosch, Steve Cardenas, um, (laughs) Uh, Jason David Frank, uh, oh man, um, why am I freezing on his name? I always freeze on his name. Um, I'm gonna have to edit this part out. Zach Power Rangers. Walter Emmanuel Jones, uh, you guys have been wonderful, um, and I see a lot of Ranger actors. Oh, also the dude who plays Wes, um, dang it. Yeah, come on, just give me the actor's name. (laughs) 
Man, this whole part sucks. Jason Font, uh, thank you so much uh, for how you interact with the fan community and uh, and have liked posts. And it, it does. It gets you excited. It's awesome. Anyways, uh, today's episode, we are looking at ranking the X-Men movies uh, from worst to best. And then we're going to also rank the spinoffs worst to best. I don't want to rank them all because they're all together because they're all very, very different movies and they succeed and fail for different reasons. So with that being said, let's get to it. Uh, To me, the worst X-Men movie is still X-Men The Last Stand. Uh, It is a very, very disappointing X-Men movie. Um, It has way too much going on. It wastes the Dark Phoenix story, which is one of, if not the most famous X-Men story. Um, It it really ruins that potential. The whole Cure story could be incredibly engaging in and of itself, but it doesn't get the time to develop because they're also focused on the Dark Phoenix stuff and trying to wrap up a trilogy and having characters die off for no real reason and just wiping everything. Oh, Luna just made some noise. Um, it's it's weird. Uh, it's it's everything gets undercooked. They chop at least half an hour, if not 40 minutes off the runtime for what the average X-Men movie was at this point, and everything kind of suffered for it. There were some good things um, in it. Uh, the danger room scene where Logan lights his cigar off of a smoldering heap on top of a car is classic Wolverine, very in tune with the character. That part's great. Um, Beast being played by Kelsey Grammer is... An outstanding casting choice that should, in if ever possible, always be recreated. Uh, he was he was excellent, and uh, Ellen Page as Kitty Pride was was great. Um, but that that's about it. There's oh the fastball special was cool, but Colossus underdeveloped. Uh, his um, Kitty's romance with Iceman and Rogue and all that, it's its undercooked. The whole movie is, is really underserved. So that's why it, it's dead last. Up next is, I'll admit, a little bit of a cheat. Um, but I really... There's parts in both that are good, but I'd, I'd put them on pretty equal footing. Uh, Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix um, both share a lot of the same problems of undercooked ideas, rushed story. Uh, in Apocalypse, legitimately, Magneto is there for no reason other than, well, we need to get Magneto in this. Um, in Apocalypse, uh, friggin' Mystique is thrust to being the head of the X-Men. Uh, there's not really any follow-up to Days of Futures Past, which is quite annoying uh quicksilver is there for another great quicksilver sequence um to give credit now that we're complimenting it to give credit where it's due um even though the weapon x sequence was unneeded i loved it it was seeing wolverine actually oh i'm always down for seeing wolverine rip apart a bunch of people um especially in that classic weapon x getup that was That was great. Uh, The new cast did well, just also underutilized. Nightcrawler was kind of Nightcrawler, but not really. Um, They didn't have him do anything egregious like 
you know, murder a bunch of people like that he did in Dark Phoenix. Um, but it, it, he was undercooked. Everybody, unless you were friggin', uh, unless you were friggin' Mystique, was kind of undercooked. Um, having some uh, havoc return was kind of cool. Scott's brother coming back was neat, but on the whole, uh, Apocalypse is a waste. Um, the final nice touch I liked was when the three out of the four horsemen were going to yet again, a wasted angel a second time. Uh, uh, and Metallica's four horsemen was playing. That was, that was a nice touch. Um, but yeah, it, it, it wasted angel a second time. Wasted Apocalypse, who is a great character, um, wasted the Horsemen of Apocalypse in this whole thing, which is a great story. It was really rushed. It was just kind of Days of Futures Past was a huge hit. So now it's like, okay, let's just adapt stories uh, instead of like trying to make a good story for a movie. Um, Dark Phoenix, I've talked about recently enough, so I'm not going to retread too much other than it's pretty bad. Um, oh, oh, the other compliment I'll give um, Apocalypse is Magneto with his kids. Now, it, they were just there. As soon as you saw them, you knew they were going to die because Magneto must suffer and must be evil, but Michael Fassbender acted the crap out of that, so that was outstanding. Um, but the rest of the stuff, it, he really did not need to be there, to the point that when talking about Dark Phoenix on the uh, Hot Takes podcast, Billy Business, and I, I unfortunately can't remember the name of the guest, um, might have been JTE, pointed out that um, like Magneto's story in Dark Phoenix was basically the story he had in, uh, in Apocalypse, where it you easily could have just had Magneto uh, skip out Apocalypse and pick up in Dark Phoenix, uh, and it would have been roughly the same. But again, Fastbender was great. There was some good sequences, but on the whole, like it really should have been two movies, and apparently it was planned to be two movies, and it just suffered for a very, very rushed story. Uh, and the ex-franchise from Fox has gone out on a whimper because we have no idea what's going on with New Mutants. Personal theory, it's just going to get dropped on a, a streaming service if we see it at all uh next up is the first x-men movie um yeah when steve and i talked about these it it really has not aged well um the flaws of the first x-men movie is unless your name is wolverine you do not get development um the mike and i have made the joke as well when they released uh, x-men origins wolverines wolverine that uh it was when people are like, it's the first Wolverine solo movie, you're like, the last three were. Um, so it's really the fourth Wolverine movie. But X-Men 1 has some good stuff outside of terrible lines about uh, to when Toads get struck by lightning, it's the same thing as everything everything else. Um, some alright action sequences, but some good themes, um, some good acting and Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. He, he was good. Um, but on the whole it's, Oh, and a really good score, a really underrated score, but on the whole, it kind of misused Sabretooth. It misused uh, toad is to me, not on a level threat of a villain. Um, 
so it was weird that he was there. I'm kind of stuck thinking, like, why these people? Mystique got well used, although, again, that's not comic book Mystique, because in the X-Men movies, she is just Xavier's lackey, or, uh, sorry, not Xavier's lackey, Xavier's younger sister slash apparently BFF, or Magneto's uh, lackey slash girlfriend slash whatever that was uh, in the comics she is very much her her own agent uh she's a driving force all unto herself uh she has worked with both of those characters in the comics but she's not like anybody's sidekick or anything uh after x-men one we go to first class first class was great um it's one i really want to rewatch. it the things that make first class suffer, um, and I've said it before, like if you did first class almost properly, then we wouldn't have gotten Days of Futures Past. But let's just pretend. Um, first class would have been better if it wasn't so rushed. It was almost like the stu- the studio rushed it out. Uh, I think there was potentially losing, facing losing some rights. But then also at the end, they're like, okay, well, we don't necessarily trust that this is going to do too well, which to be fair, the last stand did not make the most money. It didn't bomb or anything, but it didn't make the most money. And then uh, it's follow up X-Men Origins Wolverine really underperformed for what they were expecting and really pissed off the fandom. So they wanted to, you could tell they were a little gun shy. But the new cast was great. Some of the mutant choices were weird. Um, Friggin', I have no idea what Lenny Kravitz's daughter was doing there. Uh, Not that her performance was bad. It was just, I can't even remember the name. And that's the problem. So many of the first mutants that they had in first class, I'm like, who are you? Why are you here? I don't, I don't know you. It, It was, they only wanted to, they, it was like, it's a reboot. Okay, no, it's not it's a prequel so it was a prequel boot um and part of me wishes that they had just rebooted it um because that was your chance to do a to do a clean slate start for x-men whereas now we're even more movies deep and it's just kind of like all right when we get to marvel we're just I guess we're just doing this all over again which i'm excited but there's almost a tiredness to that not knocking marvel in any way but it's just it's just as franchises are rebooting more often you're just kind of it's almost at times like okay here we go again i guess um so it i would have been excited to see how they would have done it if they spread it out uh instead of xavier magneto getting to their x-men starting places at the end of it i really think you could have done another film of them being besties because then the problem with the latest quadrilogy is at the end, they need to be frenemies always, and that's tired. All right, so after First Class, for the longest time, I said this is the best X-Men movie, but um, to me, it has been outpaced. Um, X-Men 2 is a great film. Uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again. It really went Empire Strikes Back um, structurally, because at the top of the first act, the X-Mansion gets invaded, uh, friggin' Cyclops and, uh, Charles are taken, um, yeah, everybody gets separated, like, Magneto's getting abused, 
really structurally goes for the heroes getting the crap kicked out of them from Empire. And then also from Empire, it separates everybody so everybody can get development, quotation marks, because again, it's a Wolverine driving force movie. But so, so some characters do get developed more. Um, not Storm, not Cyclops, but Gene does. Nightcrawler poorly, but does get developed. Um, the high point of the movie for me is twofold. The Nightcrawler opening scene in the White House is outstanding, but then also Wolverine running around the mansion just like icing fools is excellent. Um, I will always have wanted to see like an R-rated version of that because it would have been outstanding. Uh, it really, really could have been. Um, I don't like violence for violence sake, but it can work with a story and also work with a character who has indestructible friggin' knives coming out of his hand. Uh, excuse me a sec, I'm just gonna take a sip of water. <sighs> Much better. Um, yeah, X-Men 2 is great. But it is not the best X-Men movie. To me, the best X-Men movie, hands down, is... X-Men Days of Futures Past, um, the second of the prequel movies, slash a sequel to The Last Stand. Uh, the, you, it, you almost have to isolate it, because what has come after undermine, undermines it a bit. Um, at least in the sense of what comes after it in the, the prequel movie timeline, because there's no reasons given for why things are ignored but uh days of um i.e at the end of the movie mystique slash uh, under the guise of striker picks up logan but then logan is in possession of actual striker when we get to apocalypse and it makes no sense but days of futures past to me is an excellent movie it deviates from the comic a lot but to be honest you could not do the excellent comic book as the as a movie because you hadn't established the characters yet um, based on how they have established the characters and how it was an ending to the original movies while being a sequel to the the prequels, um, you could not just have Kitty Pride go back in time because Kitty's like 20 years old. But so doing it with Logan made sense. Logan being the driving force of the movie worked. Uh, to me, I've said it. I, I've said a bunch of times, and I'll always say it. This is the movie where they cracked how to use Wolverine, because Wolverine is the cash cow, but they had him be the driving force of the story without him having him be the full story, because they also developed the new cast of characters quite well. They reduced the new cast of characters really well, because it was down from I don't know, let's say eight or ten. And down to the returning players from first class are Beast, Magneto, friggin' Mystique, and Charles. I think those are the only returning faces. Then we've got the new, I, I just can't remember his name, but Peter Dinklage. Um, the new guy developing the Sentinels. It's, it's a different movie, uh, but it works. Having Logan there in the past interacting with these characters is really cool introducing quicksilver for that great breakout sequence from from the white house or no no from the pentagon uh was was great um there's not much i don't like about this movie it's to me it, it balances 
it's the first time that they balance the ensemble. They use everybody well. Uh, I liked Mystique being a, her own operative in this movie. Like, just doing things the way she wants to do them. She's not subservient to anybody. Um, Days of Futures Past is an excellent movie. It's it's one of my favorite comic book movies, actually. I did eventually check out the extended cut, and I get why they cut everything. It didn't add anything uh, to the movie to have the extra stuff. It was just like, okay, here's more people. Um, and to me, that wasn't necessary. It was Days of Futures Past is the best X-Men team-up movie. Uh, and I will always love how, at the final act, they literally throw, throw Wolverine out of the fight very inventive way um and that to me is magneto at his borderline most evil because he is just such an intimidating presence the shot with him lifting up the the ball stadium and then controlling the the sentinels back then it's great and then seeing the future characters die in brutal ways is great um colossus gets underused but he gets saved in a future spinoff franchise. So that is the rankings of the X-Men team-up movies. Uh, so again, we'll ju- just the quick summation. Worst is The Last Stand. Second worst is tied between Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix. Then we go to X-Men 1, then First Class, and then those are good movies. Then we get to the great ones that are <coughs> X-Men 2, and then finally the best one of Days of Futures Past. And now we're going to go to the uh, the spinoffs. The absolute bottom of the barrel, worst of the spinoffs, and easily worst of the X-Men franchise is X-Men Origins Wolverine. The movie's terrible. I can't think of any actual redeeming quality. Uh, it's just a lot of meandering stuff. Oh, actually, the redeeming quality might be leave, Sh- leave Schreiber as Sabretooth. He was great. Uh, but the rest of the movie is is hot garbage. Uh, oh, and the first five minutes we get of Ryan Reynolds as Wade Wilson. That is excellent. Uh, pun intended. Um, that part's great, but then anything after that is is just... It's awful. It's it's a terrible, terrible movie. Um, seriously, I've got, I can't think of any way to compliment it. It's, it's awful. Um... It's why it underperformed. It's why people didn't like it. Uh, and then we got friggin' Baraka Pool. And just, uh, just it's it's so bad. Wasted Cyclops. It wasted Gambit. We finally got Gambit, and that wasn't Gambit. You can tell. I hate this movie. I do. It's, 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 it's awful. Uh, next up is The Wolverine, which... I really, really like this movie, so I feel we are putting it at second worst, but it's to me, it's this is different. If I'm going to rank the spinoffs, it goes terrible, the worst, and that's Origins. Then we get to good, and I, put, I think the Wolverine is good, but then everything else is outstanding. Uh, in that ca- or great to outstanding. So the Wolverine is really good. The first two acts of that movie are great. Um, there's a lot of like dark tone, not like apocalyptic dark tone, but Wolverine is this like all his friends because this takes place after uh, the last stand. 
all his most of the X-Men, most of his friends and loved ones are dead. They're gone. Like he's outliving everybody and this time he just kind of wants to die because he is basically immortal. Um and that's you can you can understand that. You can't really do a light version of that. But then somebody who saved in Japan uh when the bomb was dropped on Nagasaki, he went and like went to see him before he died. He had been summoned uh, but then Viper, who is a low point of this movie, Viper's terrible, um, infects him with something that really, really slows down his healing factor. So he's like, oh man, I can't rely on just being a tank and taking all the bullets and healing them out. Uh, I can't remember the side actress. I can't remember the, the side character, um, what her name was or the actress, but she did great. She was an awesome addition and she was a mutant as well where she could see things before they happen basically um the movie is really really good it's not the most faithful adaptation of the logan in japan run uh that was an outstanding comic book uh miniseries that i'd highly recommend picking up and reading if you haven't but uh yeah the wolverine is really really solid the scene where he gets his healing factor back uh and then it's just him fighting the guy with the samurai sword in the rain uh with a lot of dark sh- uh, like dark shadows and silhouettes it's that is the high point of the movie for me the third act is where it descends um silver samurai is there but a big giant version that's not silver samurai adamantium which the entire time they've been saying is indestructible is suddenly broken easily and they suck out his healing factor through it it's really not well developed um the third act is where the movie kind of falls on its face a bit but the preceding two acts are outstanding if the third act could have kept that momentum and that tone from the first act oh hi loons hi baby um if it could have kept the tone and momentum from the first act it would have been great if it had kept, could have kept that, it would have been higher up on the list. Give me one sec. I think she wants outside. All right, there we go. Uh, so after the Wolverine, we get the first Deadpool. Now, I know this is controversial with fans because a lot of people find Deadpool 1 to be better than Deadpool 2. Um, I think Deadpool 1 is excellent. I, I really do. Again, pun intended. Um, but... I found the story in Deadpool 2 worked better. Deadpool 1, like, being the isolated revenge quest, worked. Um, but there was some stuff, as I've said before, I struggle as a... I've had struggles with pornography, and so there was stuff in Deadpool 1 that I had to make my own cut of the movie to watch. I had to trim around. Um, but it had a lot of hilarious lines it was really really true to the character from the comic it might be one of the it is one of the best um book to screen adaptations of characters because reynolds isn't really putting too much of his own spin on it um he is quite accurate to comic book deadpool uh yeah i deadpool one i can't outside of the stuff i had to cut around the the certain sexuality stuff that's the only thing that keeps it lower on the list. Um, Deadpool 2, I thought, was outstanding. Um, yes, there. it's not one I can recommend for everybody. If you struggle with 
vulgarity and violence and any of those can especially if you're christian if any of those can be a negative influence on you or affect your walk in a negative way don't watch it seriously don't but if though if you can go through those things and they don't negatively impact you and they don't impact your walk with the lord in any negative way i can't see any harm in watching it uh to me it's very very fun there is little to no sexuality there's no nudity so i had i don't have to make my own cut of the flick to watch it um the x-force gag is hilarious uh this movie redeems the juggernaut who was reduced to a meme uh or based on a meme in the last stand uh the other thing that deadpool one did that is continually developed excellently in this is uh colossus is redeemed substantially and is much closer to comic book colossus in this uh the supporting cast is great um deadpool 2 definitely pokes it it pokes fun at the trope of the girlfriend being a term is fridged where uh girlfriend character or love interest character is killed to develop the guy um they really they they really have fun poking fun at that in this movie um because she does die but then she's brought back um the post credits are quite funny especially the part where um deadpool goes and kills baraka pool who is just the internet nickname for deadpool in quotations from the end of origins wolverine uh him showing up there and just telling wolverine like hey hold on just just killing him and of course um more poking fun at green lantern uh deadpool 2 is a lot of fun uh it, for me i enjoy it more than the first one and unquestionably we get to the best spinoff of logan um logan is outstanding the only flaw i can think of for this movie is it was nudity for nudity's sake they're rated it's like well we're rated r so let's show some boobs and that they did unnecessarily you can entirely cut that from the movie nothing affects affects the plot it affects nothing so to me it would make it better um just because it was just gratuitously there for no reason um outside of that five seconds it is an outstanding movie it is incredibly violent but for me it's fine you cannot i don't think you can do the story of logan without the violence uh the violence is a part of the whole theme of the movie where in this it's like this is logan's final movie people die in this movie and they've had professor x die before and then come back and be fine in this movie, they are showing, like, nah, limbs are flying when the claws hit. Uh, death is a reality in this movie. It is a finality. Um, I don't think you could have just done it in a PG-13, because then you could have been like, oh, when's Charles coming back? Like, no, Charles dies in this movie. And I think it's been a while since I've watched it, but not insanely brutally, but harshly. Wolverine dies harshly, but again, you could not have done it without the violence the violence really does set the heavier tone for the story the language does as well i'm not sure you could have done this flick in a pg-13 um so if and again it's a character with friggin knife knives coming out of his hands like this would happen so something i had been wanting to see for a while finally happening but then also where it thematically works with the tone and the story I'm all in. I've said, heck, I've said in this episode, I don't like violence for violence's sake. I didn't think it was self-indul- 
I didn't think it was self-indulgent. It wasn't doing it just to be overly violent. It wasn't, it worked is what I'm saying. All right. Well, that is today's episode. Thank you for, uh, Thank you for being with me and listening. And again, thank you, Becky, uh, from Redeemed Otaku for keeping me in your prayers. And dear listener, um, I do love you guys. It's been a crazy stressful uh, stressful time recently. Um, I still can't get into it, but I will share this funny story. I was at my doctor's recently just because I've had some stomach issues. And I said how I thought some of it might do with stress. And the, the doctor's like, all you're going through a stressful time. So then I just proceeded to lay it on him. <laughs> not not in a bad way, just going through the stuff. And you see him as I'm adding the story, as I'm adding to it, just saying all the stuff that's been going on. Um, you see him go from typing in notes to slowly turning to the body language shifting to like m- mouth slightly dropping. Uh, and then at the end, he gives a, bi- a very Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec like, good lord. <laughs> Um, which really made me laugh and was validating. None of that is to say, like, I've got to... Let's call a spade a spade. It has been an incredibly stressful time. For those that I can keep in the know, uh, thank you for your prayers. For those that I haven't been able to tell but that have been uh, praying for us, thank you so much. Uh, It's just a lot going on with work and some other stuff. Um, But, yeah, stress sucks. Anxiety sucks. Uh, but God is wonderful and God is good. And I know we'll get, we'll get through this and, and God will deliver because, well, that's what he does. I don't always understand why we're going through the things we're going through, but I know that God is good. And in the end, he will use everything for his glory. And there's something here. It's rough, but I know God is, God is getting us through. God is amazing. All right. Well, Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of One Cross Radio. Uh, please, if you can, hit up our coffee uh, coffee site if you think you can financially support us. I'm also working on a um, a Patreon, just trying to figure out how to make that work. Um, or if you'd like to collect some sweet swag, please be sure to head up our Redbubble. And if you ever have any prayer requests, please... Uh, over Facebook or Instagram, uh, drop me a direct message. It's not anybody's business. I'm not doing this for a show, uh, but as people pray for me, and I know it may, the difference it makes, I want to pray for y'all as well. So if you have any prayer requests, please send them my way. You don't need to give all the details. Just say if you need prayer, and I'm happy to pray for you. Um, all that being said, hope you have a wonderful day, and God bless, my friends. Take care. Peace.